Our beloved congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, uh, the month of December for many people is a time of special visits with family and friends. And such visits can be wonderful blessings, especially when you share faith in, in Christ and a love for God. You know, sometimes God uses a, a visit, a simple visit, or a talk with a fellow Christian, another believer. Sometimes He uses that to, to challenge you and encourage you and strengthen you in faith, in, in trusting and following Him. And, and we need that, don't we? We need encouragement. We, we need our faith in Christ strengthened so often, don't we? Life is full of troubles and trials and, and challenges that can tempt us to doubt, to think maybe, maybe the gospel isn't true. Maybe it isn't real. Maybe it's nothing more than, than, than a fairy tale or, or a crutch to, to just help us get through life. There's so much that can happen in life and in the world around us that we don't understand. You can think of even what's going on right, right now in the Middle East. And you, you, you can think about all that and you're going to wonder what's, what's going to happen and what's going to happen to us maybe even. And, and not only that, we can, we can or, or that can make us wonder then if faith in Jesus Christ is really worth it. If He's really the Savior that... It, he, the, the Bible claims He is. Why, why am I going through this? What is God doing in my life? If He's really the Savior, why, why do I still struggle so much with sin and, and even doubts of my own salvation? Why, do, why, why is He taking so long to come back? Maybe you struggle at times with the question of whether or not He even exists. Is the gospel, is the gospel the good news of salvation from sin and death through faith in Christ? Is it for we? The answer to that question makes all the difference in the world. Not just for believers, but also for those of you who are here this evening and are not believers, who are not converted. And this afternoon, we want to see, with God's help, how Mary's visit to Elizabeth in our text, Luke 1, verse 39 to 45, answers that question. Lord willing, we hope to have several sermons this month focusing in different ways on the coming of Jesus Christ and its significance uh, for us, especially as it's revealed through the various words of people in Luke 1 and 2. Next week, we hope to look at Mary's words of praise and and the week after, Zacharias' prophecy. And then after Christmas, we hope to look at Simeon's response to Christ. But, but today, our focus will be on Luke 1, verses 39 to, to 45, and, and Mary's visit to Elizabeth, and, and how it addresses the question of whether the gospel is for real. I've pointed out before in sermons on Luke and, and Acts that assuring us that the gospel is for real is really is one of the main purposes of Luke. In Luke's writings, he makes it clear in the beginning of Luke 1, in verses 1 through 4, he, he writes that his purpose is that the reader might know the certainty of those things wherein he has been instructed, namely the truths of the gospel. And that's one reason why he included this account of, of Mary's visit to Elizabeth, because it's so gospel confirming. It's not just an interesting story. 
It is, but it's more than that. It's a gospel-confirming visit that calls and urges us all to faith in the gospel in Jesus Christ. That's certainly what it was for Mary. In Mary's case, she had faith already. The angel Gabriel had come to her. He had told her that she was going to be the mother of, of God's son. And Mary, she heard that and she was understandably astonished and, and, and confused as to how that would happen. But, but, but Gabriel then told her that it would happen by the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and then he, to, 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 to help her, she, he told her that Elizabeth, her cousin, who was old and, and barren, had also conceived a son and was already in her sixth month of pregnancy. And he had concluded with this glorious statement in, in, to Mary that for, with God, nothing shall be impossible. And how, had Mary had, how did Mary respond to that? She, she responded in faith, didn't she? She responded in submission. You see that in verse 38. And when she said to him, Behold, behold the handmaid of the Lord. Be it unto me according to thy word. Mary's, Mary's response reveals her, her faith. But then she demonstrates her faith. How does she demonstrate her faith? By going to visit Elizabeth. Look at verses 39 through 40. And Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste, into a city of Judah, and entered into the house of Zacharias and saluted or, or greeted Elizabeth. You see, Mary believed Gabriel's words. In faith, she immediately left Nazareth in the north of Israel, in, in Galilee, for the hill country of Judah in the south, to, to go and visit Elizabeth. And, and that wasn't, you understand, that wasn't a hop, skip, and a jump. No, that, that, was, a, that was a trip of nearly 100 kilometers. It would have taken her at least two and maybe even three days. But God used that visit as a means of confirming the gospel news that Mary had received from Gabriel to encourage her and to strengthen her even more in her faith. That's what Mary's visit to Elizabeth is. It's a gospel-confirming visit that calls and urges not just Mary, but all of us to initial and ongoing faith in the gospel in Jesus Christ. Christ. And so our theme, with, with God's help this afternoon, is Mary's gospel-confirming visit to Elizabeth. Well, how is it so gospel-confirming? Well, notice, first of all, the gospel-confirming leap. Verse 40 tells us that Mary entered into the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And, and verse 41 tells us that when she did that, Elizabeth's baby leaped in her womb. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb. Our text makes a point of, of telling us this. That tells us something, doesn't it? That tells us that, that, that this leap is significant. That, and Elizabeth's spirit-inspired words in verse 44 confirm that. They not only show us that, that it is significant. They, they show us what the, the, the significance of her baby's leap is. Listen to what she says there in verse 44. She just pronounced a blessing on Mary and her baby and even identified that baby as Lord, her Lord. And in verse 44, she says this, For lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation, speaking to Mary, sounded in mine ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. 
Now, what do those words tell us? They tell us that the leap of Elizabeth's baby is nothing less than a leap confirming the gospel. You, you think about it. What kind of a leap does, does, does Elizabeth say it was? It, it was more than just a regular kick or a similar movement in, in, in mums with babies in their tummies that, that they sometimes feel. It was a leap for joy. You could even translate it. It was a leap of great joy at Mary's greeting. That, that's what Elizabeth says. And she's not reading into it. No, she's not reading into it. That's not just her interpretation of it. It's the Holy Spirit's interpretation. We know that because verse 41 tells us that she was filled with the Holy Spirit when she said these words. And that means that her baby's leap really was a leap of great joy. We may be saying, how can that be? I mean, I've heard before, I've heard before that babies in the womb, they can recognize voices, they can recognize their mom's voice, they can recognize... They can recognize maybe the voices of others in their family, people who are familiar, who are around. But, but how can a, a baby in the womb leap for joy at the voice of someone they don't even know? Well, we need to remember, don't we, that Elizabeth's baby herself, itself, himself rather, was a special baby. And not just because Elizabeth was old and had been unable to have children. Elizabeth's baby was a special baby because he was going to be the herald and the forerunner of the Lord himself to make ready a people prepared for him. That's what the angel told Elizabeth's husband, Zacharias, earlier in, in Luke 1, in verses 15 to 17. That, that's who Elizabeth's baby was. His name was, was to be John, meaning, meaning the Lord is gracious. And he was to be the prophetic herald and the forerunner of the Lord, filled with the Holy Spirit, the angel told Zacharias, even from his mother's womb. That's what explains his leap of great joy when, he, when, when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, because he was filled with the Holy Spirit and he leapt for joy because the one who was in Mary's womb was the one for whom he was going to prepare the way. Now doesn't that make, doesn't that make this leap so gospel confirming? It was a spirit inspired leap and it was a leap of joy. Doesn't that confirm for us that Jesus, the one that was conceived by the Holy Spirit in Mary's womb, that he really is good news. I mean, I mean, children, when you, when you jump for joy, well, you don't jump for joy at bad things that happen, do you? Of course not. You jump for joy when good things happen. When maybe when, when someone you love and you haven't seen for a long time comes for, for a visit, maybe comes even as a surprise and they come at the tour and what? And, and you jump for joy. And so when John, filled with the Holy Spirit, jumps for joy in his mother's womb, when he hears Mary's greeting, that tells us that the spirit and power and conception of Jesus in Mary's womb is something really, really good. It's the best thing of all. God's gospel promise, His promise to send the Savior for sinners like us, like you and like me, who are helpless and who are hopeless in themselves, left to ourselves, has finally been fulfilled in Jesus Christ. John's leap in Elizabeth's womb is a spirit-inspired leap of great joy, confirming, confirming for us the gospel assuring us that Jesus has come and He really can and He does save people from their sins through faith in Him. 
It's a gospel-confirming leap, not only because it's a leap of great joy, but also because it's a leap with a miraculous effect. Look at what Elizabeth says about Mary in verse 43. What does she call her? How does she identify her? She calls her, she identifies her as the mother of my Lord. You see that? How in the world could Elizabeth have known that? How in the world did she know that Mary was the mother of her Lord? I mean, for one thing, Mary wouldn't have even looked pregnant at this point. But even if she did, how did Elizabeth, Elizabeth know that Mary's baby was her Lord, God himself in human flesh? Mary hadn't told her. All that Mary had gotten a chance to do was to greet, to salute, to greet her. And so how did Elizabeth know? Well, she tells us in verse 44, it was the baby's leap in her womb. For, you see that word for, for, lo, behold, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. You see what she's saying? She's saying the baby's leap clued her in. It clued her in. And you might think, oh, really? Really, Elizabeth? Your baby's leap is how you knew that Mary was pregnant with the Lord? Yes. The effect of John's leap of joy was Elizabeth's recognition that Mary was the mother of her Lord. Now, how can we explain that? How can you explain that? How can you explain that? You can't. It was a miracle. Think about it. I mean, John's jump for joy, no doubt, was, was felt quite extraordinary, but there's no way that it could have by itself made Elizabeth know and declare Mary's baby to be the Lord. That effect was a work of God, a work of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 3 says that no one can say Jesus is the Lord but by the Holy Spirit. The point is the effect of John's leap, which was Elizabeth's declaration of Mary's baby as Lord, as her Lord, was a miraculous effect. It was a work of God. And again, doesn't that make his leap, his leap so gospel confirming? John's leap of joy and its miraculous effect, you see, has God's fingerprints all over it. Doesn't that tell you that the gospel is for real? That's what it told Mary. It told Mary that her baby boy, even in her womb, really is the Lord of all creation. It told Mary that her baby boy really would one day rule the nations. It told Mary that her baby boy really is the great I am. And that he really has come down to be the Savior and the Lord of poor and needy sinners like you and me. That's what it told Mary and that's what, it, what it's meant to tell us. John's jump for joy with its miraculous effect is meant to tell us the gospel is for real. Oh, what a gospel-confirming leap. A leap that should really, it should really make us want to leap for joy too. Or not? Well, I mean, what better news could there be? What better news could there be than the news that God himself has come down and he's been made like us to know our sorrow and to save us from our sins? How much reason John's leap 
gives us to trust and rejoice in the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, even, even with the Savior, even for the most hopeless and helpless sinner. And yes, even, even to leap for joy, even in the midst of pain and suffering or not. And I know there's pain and suffering here. I know there's pain and suffering. I know there are lives here that are full of trials and of challenges. And it's hard. It's not easy. But John's leap of joy, you see, is meant to give us hope and confidence. Hope and confidence in Christ and in the gospel. But so is the blessing. So is the blessing Elizabeth pronounces. And we see that in our second point, the gospel confirming blessing. You see, verse 41 tells us that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, not only did Elizabeth's baby leap in her womb, but Elizabeth herself was filled with the Holy Spirit. And in verse 42, we read this, she spoke out with a loud voice. And what is the first thing she said? Speaking to Mary, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. The first words Elizabeth speaks are a pronouncement, a declaration that Mary and her child, the fruit of her womb, they are blessed, they are favored. And by whom? By God. That's implied. In other words, God, Elizabeth is saying, God has bestowed his blessing on Mary and her child. His favor rests on both Mary and, 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 and the one in her womb. That's what she's saying. And just like that leap, this blessing in, in verse 42 serves to assure us of the truth of the gospel, of the good news of salvation in and through Jesus Christ, Mary's son. It's a gospel-confirming blessing. Because just think about the greatness, the greatness of this blessing. You know, Elizabeth, Elizabeth doesn't just say to Mary, blessed art thou. She says, blessed art thou among women. In other words, she's saying, Mary, you are more blessed. You are more blessed than any other woman. You have received the greatest blessing a woman could ever have received. Now think about that. Think about that from Mary's point of view. She's a Jewish woman. And what was the greatest blessing a woman could have from a Jewish point of view? The greatest blessing, aside from the blessing of, of personal salvation, the greatest blessing was to be the mother of the promised Messiah, the mother of the promised son of David, the son of Abraham, the mother of that promised seed of the woman promised in Genesis 3 verse 15 who would crush the head of Satan. To be the mother of the one who would bring salvation. There was no greater privilege, no greater honor than to be the mother of that one whom God had promised would come through the Jews, through Abraham, and through David. And so when Elizabeth, filled with the Spirit, says, Blessed art thou among women, she's saying, Mary, God has bestowed that favor on you. He has graciously chosen you to be the mother of the Messiah, the Savior King of His people. Elizabeth's declaration that Mary is blessed among women is really a gospel confirmation, not just for Mary, but for us. It confirms, it confirms the angel's astonishing message given, given to Mary only a short time earlier. 
and confirms that Jesus really is, the one in her womb really is the Messiah, the Christ, the anointed King and Savior of sinners. Oh, that more people today, more people today, yes, also more Jews today would understand that and believe that. But what about you? What about you? What about you? What about you? Do you believe it? Our text this afternoon is confirming the gospel, the good news of salvation in Jesus Christ. It's saying the gospel is for real. That's the nail the Holy Spirit is hitting over and over and over again in this passage. The gospel is for real. The question is, what are you doing with them? Are you listening? Are you responding with faith in Christ? That's the only way to real blessing. You see, apart from him, we are under God's curse. Why? Because we're sinners. We do not and we cannot keep the law of God no matter how hard we try. And the Bible declares that everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the law is what? Is under the curse of God. And there's only one way of escape. There's only one way to be under the blessing of God and that is to be in Christ by faith. You see, because God's blessing rests on Him. Elizabeth didn't just say to Mary, Blessed art thou among women. But she also said, Blessed is the fruit of thy womb. Mary's son, you see, Mary's son is the son of God. His beloved son, in whom he is well pleased. Not only because he is God's only begotten son, but also because he is absolutely sinless. He is God's righteous servant. He is the lamb of God without spot and without blemish. And it is in him and in him alone that all the nations of the earth are blessed. It is in him through faith in him that we are rescued from, from being under God's curse and we are made to be under his blessing, to be made recipients of God's unchangeable blessing and favor. But maybe you say, how can that be? Because, Pastor, you're not, you're forgetting the rest of the story. Didn't Mary's son, didn't he end up hanging on a tree, on a cross? And doesn't the Bible say that such people are cursed by God? And didn't he hang there in darkness for three hours? And didn't he himself cry out, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Yes, he did. But you know why that happened, don't you? It happened. Mary's son was crucified and forsaken by God, not because he was a sinner in himself, but because he was willingly made sin and he was willingly made a curse for in the place of sinners. 
and he fully satisfied. He fully satisfied the righteous wrath of God. He drank the cup and he emptied it for all who believe in him. So how do we know? Because the Bible declares, well, let me tell you the rest of the story. The Bible declares that Jesus didn't stay dead, but that he was raised. God raised him from the dead and he seated him at his own right hand as the high priest who continues forever. And so God's blessing, yes, congregation, God's blessing does indeed rest on Mary's son even today. And it will continue to rest on him for all eternity. Yes, indeed, blessed is the fruit of Mary's womb. God has bestowed his eternal blessing and favor on him. And why? So that we might be forever blessed in him through faith in him. Oh, what a gospel-confirming blessing this is. Do you see that with me? It's a blessing that calls us all to believe and trust in Christ. And, and not only just to believe once, but to abide in Him, to stay with Him. No matter what goes on in your life. It tells us that He is the way of blessing for you and me. The only way. But maybe you struggle. Maybe you struggle to believe that Jesus really can be and is willing to be your Savior. Well, that brings us to our third point, the gospel-confirming question. You see, Elizabeth, she not only declares Mary and, and, and her child blessed, she goes on to ask a question, doesn't she? In a way, it's, it's, actually, it's actually more of an exclamation. You, you look at what she says in verse 43. And whence is this to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? It's an expression of amazement, of wonder, of surprise. You, you could translate it like this. Why is this granted to me? How can this be that the mother of my Lord should come to me? You know, Elizabeth could have been envious, couldn't she? She could have been jealous of Mary's privilege. She could have questioned why God gave her John and he gave Mary Jesus, the greater than John. But she didn't do that. She was simply amazed and deeply humbled that she should be blessed to have the mother of her Lord come to her. She's overwhelmed. She's, she's really just stunned, isn't she? She's stunned. Stunned by Mary's visit. She can't understand it. It's a gracious gift of God. And why? What made, what made it so amazing? It's because of who Mary's baby was. It is. Whence is this to me? Why has this been granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Mary's baby was Elizabeth's Lord. That's what makes Elizabeth's question, that's what makes her exclamation here so gospel confirming. We already looked at that a little bit when we looked at how it was a miracle of the Holy Spirit using John's leap of joy that made Elizabeth understand that. That Mary's baby was her Lord. But, but let's think a little deeper about what her question tells us about Mary's baby. It reveals his greatness, doesn't it? He is none other than the Lord himself. The great I am. The eternal. The almighty. The unchangeable. The self-sufficient God. 
The one who needs no one and nothing for his existence. Who simply is in himself. He's life in himself. The one who was before all things and who made all things and in whom all things hold together. The one who, who is the covenant making and the covenant keeping God. Mary's baby is this one. The, the Lord himself. Oh, how great he is. How mighty he is and how able he is. That means to save sinners. Yes, how able he is to save you and to save me. He is almighty, you see, because he is the Lord. That's part of what makes Elizabeth's question so gospel confirming. And isn't that such an encouragement to you and to me to trust in him? When we struggle with sin. And you look at yourself, you can see so many obstacles to your own salvation, can't you? You see your sins, how many they are, how awful they are, how deeply rooted they are. You look at yourself and you see your unbelief and you see your own doubts and you see your unholiness and you see your slowness to learn, and you see your blindness, and you see the hardness of your own heart so often, and you think, how can I ever be saved? And you get discouraged, and you get depressed, and maybe even tempted to despair and to become cynical. But you see, you don't need to. Because Jesus, Mary's son, is the Lord. He is mightier than your sin. You believe that. He is mightier than your unbelief. He is mightier than your doubts. Yes, he is mightier than your own heart. There's no obstacle too big for him. There's no mountain too high that he cannot move. There's no heart too hard that he cannot soften. There is no sinner too sinful that he cannot save. He came to save even the chief of sinners. And he can because he is the Lord. Oh, then let us go to him. Let us cast ourselves on him in faith. And we shall behold his salvation. You see. How Elizabeth's question is so gospel confirming. It confirms that Jesus is able to save. And it confirms that he is willing to save. You see, Elizabeth's question refers to Mary not merely as the mother of the Lord. But as the mother of her Lord. What does that tell us? It tells us that Mary's baby is willing to be the Lord, to be the Redeemer, to be the Savior of people. Of people like you and, and like me. That's why he came. He came to purchase. He came to redeem a people for himself. People who by nature are slaves of sin and of Satan. Yes, he is so willing to save and redeem such people. Well, what did he do? 
that he shed his blood and he died on the cross in order to make them his own. How amazing is that? Elizabeth was stunned that the mother of her Lord would come to her. How much more stunned we should be that that same Lord not only came to us, but willingly died on the cross so that everyone who calls on him might be saved and redeemed to serve him forever. How that should encourage us all to call on him and to confess him as our Lord personally and how that should cause us who belong to him by faith to exclaim in wonder and amazement, in awe, as we sang before the service, to stand in awe. Why is this granted to me that he should do that, that he should give his life for me? And not only that, but that he should give me his word and, 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 and bring me into a family, for many of us at least, to bring us into a family where we are raised from the very beginning with the word of God and where we come to church and we hear it proclaimed and that he should use that word of God to work in my heart and to cause me to be born again through that word and to give me faith to believe and even, even that Lord, that same Lord of all creation should come and set up his own home in my heart. Whence is this to me? Are we stunned by the gospel? We should be. Elizabeth's question confirms the power and the willingness of Jesus to save and redeem us. How amazing, how humbling that is. And what an encouragement to believe the gospel and to trust in Jesus Christ. Are you doing that? Uh, Perhaps you think uh, it's still not worth it. Or perhaps you do believe here and you still wonder sometimes, maybe, is it worth it? Or maybe you wonder sometimes, is it enough? You know, even true believers can have these kinds of struggles and that, that brings us to our last point, the gospel confirming assurance with Mary's visit to Elizabeth. And we see this in verse 45. Look at what Elizabeth says there. And blessed is she that believed. For there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. You see what what Elizabeth is doing? Or rather what the Holy Spirit is doing through Elizabeth? He's, He's giving Mary and he's giving really all of us a wonderful assurance confirming for us that the gospel, yes, it is for real, and it's worthy, it's worthy of all acceptance, of the acceptance of every single person here, every single person listening. Because because those who believe God's gospel word are truly blessed. What What a comforting reassurance that was to Mary. Mary had believed God's message. She had believed it. The message that the angel Gabriel had spoken to her, but her, her faith, her submission came with a cost, didn't it? She didn't know what Joseph would do. And, and, and what would others think when they found out that she, an unmarried person, was pregnant? She could have been tempted to wonder, is it really worth it? But Elizabeth 
The Spirit comes through Elizabeth and assures her that it is. Blessed is she that believes. You ever wonder if faith in Christ is worth it? If it's worth the cost? Do you wonder sometimes if continuing in faith is worth the cost? I don't know what what it might cost you in your life. It can be different for everybody in some extent. But listen to this assurance. It is worth it. Faith in Christ, believing the gospel. Yes, it comes with a cost and it may come even with a painful cost, but it's worth it because those who believe are blessed and they're blessed beyond measure. You may be the richest person in the world by worldly standards. You may be as rich as Elon Musk, but without faith, without faith, you are far poorer and far more miserable than even the poorest and weakest believer in Christ. Because blessed is she, blessed is he. Blessed are all they who believe God's gospel word. I hear somebody saying, really? Believers don't look much more blessed than others to me. In fact, in some ways, their lives seem pretty miserable. They can't do whatever they want. They have to go through life denying themselves and and carrying a cross. And Their faith makes their lives often more difficult and harder than it would be otherwise. Some of them have 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 to suffer greatly and even die for their faith. And those people are blessed. Really? Yes, really. Yes, really. Why? Because for those who believe, there shall be a performance, a fulfillment of those things which were told them from the Lord. That's what the Spirit assures Mary and us of through Elizabeth. He assures us that God, God will keep his gospel promises to us. To all who believe, he will fulfill his promises of salvation in and through Mary's son. So trust in him. Trust in the Lord Jesus and keep trusting him. It's so worth it because one day, in fulfillment of his gospel promises in his word, he'll come again and we'll see him and we'll behold his glory and we'll live with him forever in perfect happiness and joy to praise God forever. It's guaranteed, you see, in Christ. Do do you see with me? Do you see with me how Mary's visit to Elizabeth is so gospel confirming? Do you see how it calls us all to faith in Christ? Will you respond that way? That's how Mary responded. We hope to see that next week. Will you respond like her? How can we not? To use the words of an old hymn, how firm a foundation, you saints of the Lord, is laid for your faith. In God's excellent word. What more can be said? What more can be said? 
And to you he has said, God has said, to you who for refuge, to Jesus have fled, the soul that on Jesus has leaned for repose, I will not, I will not desert to its foes. That soul, though all hell should endeavor to shake, I'll never, no, never, no, never forsake. Praise God for confirming that to us again through Luke's spirit-inspired account of Mary's visit to Elizabeth. Oh yes, truly, blessed are all they, supremely blessed, most blessed are all they that put their trust in Him. Amen. Let us pray. Whence is this to us? We can have been brought here now we could spend some time hearing that the gospel is for real. Hearing that confirmed to us. Lord, we give thanks. We humble ourselves before you, confessing our unworthiness. And we pray, O oh God, that you would encourage every soul here this evening. Encourage those who are going through deep valleys and who wonder at times if trusting Christ really is worth it. Oh Lord, we pray, strengthen their faith. For those who are here, who came here, unbelieving, help them to see that their only hope of blessing is when their hope of blessing on the Lord Jesus Christ is stayed. And though we pray that as we go into this week, we would be strengthened and helped to continue on in faith, to live in faith, to live by faith. And that you would bless also the times when we may visit with each other. Grant that our visits, grant that our fellowship would be, would, the result would be like the visit with Mary and Elizabeth where we encourage each other in the Lord. And being encouraged, we praise God together. Hear us, we pray, in Jesus' name alone. Amen.